Welcome to the Pirates Worldwide Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Osterwick. In this series we like to call The Coaching Carousel, we will sit down with the Seton Hall coaches and talk to them about previous playing careers, coaching philosophies, and so much more. They offer so much advice to current and future Seton Hall athletes. We're so excited to share it with you all today. Without further ado, Jonathan, who are we talking to today? On this edition of The Coaching Carousel, we have Coach Ben Mitchell on today. Ben Mitchell is a diving coach here at Seton Hall. A Seton Hall alum, Ben has made his return to the boards in 2021. In his collegiate career, Ben won four Big East titles and established four school records that still stand today. He was named Seton Hall Male Athlete of the Year in his sophomore, junior, and senior seasons. In 2023, Mitchell was also named the Big East Diving Coach of the Year. Today, we talked to Ben about his diving career his transition to coaching, his recruiting process, and what makes Seton Hall Diving what it is today. So without further ado, Coach Ben Mitchell. So on another episode of the Coaching Carousel here, and it's another kind of brisk afternoon today, but not too cold for middle December uh, type weather. So we have Ben Mitchell, the head dive coach here of Seton Hall on the show today. So first things first, Ben, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great today. So... A lot of cool things happened this fall. Um, for example, being a swimmer, I got to see a lot of it. West Virginia invite, a bunch of dual meets. So what were some of the things that you got to see this fall from all your divers, and what were you most proud of? So we got to see a lot of incredible things. So coming into the season, we probably had one of the biggest teams that we had in program history. Mm-hmm. We are coming off of having a diver that just won both boards at the Big East Championship for the first time since I've done it. And then also getting runner-up in third place as well. And then um, even having our longest longest tenured pirate make a couple upsets last year, getting into the Big East Finals, which was really great. And then just having a, a graduate transfer student come to our team that's just completely incredible and just a really special person to have on this team. So everyone's doing well coming up into like the midseason. I thought what was, uh, what was something cool to see not a lot of divers getting defeated at the dual meets. And then even seeing the women's uh, diving team going one, two, three on three meters, probably something that hasn't happened before, which I yeah. thought was really cool. And then um, just to have Sylvia win a midseason, which is like completely remarkable. Because I mean, there's 13 other schools and 59 other competitors. So to be like putting yourself in other people's shoes, like at the Division One level, when you're doing an individual sport that's judged. And to go up against 59 other people, and out of those people, the judges confirm that you're the best is just something that's completely remarkable and uh, just really special for the program. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So then looking forward, we got a couple other dual meets with some schools that we uh, seen before in the past or at that midseason that looked pretty well. So we're just doing uh, the best that we can for these guys moving forward leading up into uh, the senior day and then biggest championships and then uh, a couple of people already qualified for zones so we're looking good yeah it's it's a really exciting time right when we get back from training trip because the the meet schedule is it's tough I, i've talked to jonathan about it we got ngit and uconn back to back one from the men's on a friday and then women's on saturday and then uh senior night in delaware who we already saw at midseason and then we go down to georgetown beginning of february so very competitive meets leading up into into conference time and that's always an exciting time so you kind of just mentioned it before but like what are you looking forward to 
this spring semester? Anything specific? Like, is there a specific meet that you have circled, or is it zones, or what are you, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, just taking it one step at a time. You know, coming back from winter training, uh, we got back-to-back meets where one's only the men's and the other one's only the women's. Both strong competitors. I mean, UConn's always really good, so mm-hmm. it's a good way to kind of gauge the competition of who we're going to be going against at the Big East for that. And then I think Delaware is just like a good matchup for both men and women. It's going to be a fun meet, and uh, that's at home for senior day, which is good. And then uh, right after that is Georgetown, which is also like a pretty good matchup. And then it just gets a little bit tougher because it's at their pool. Mm-hmm. So, But it's also good to, to kind of gauge the competition of what they got um, right. going into Big East. So it's good to see like who we're going against in the conference championship somewhere in the season before we get there so we know like what we're looking forward to and what we need to work on still that's the crazy thing about our sport that we've talked about like we don't they see their conference opponents all the time right we only see georgetown at the end of february so we don't know we we obviously see the times and and the divers will see the the, what they're posting number wise on average but you really don't get to see them compete in person so let's take a step back let's let's talk about when you were here as a seton hall pirate uh, athlete. So what was it like diving here at Seton Hall when you were a student athlete? Uh, I loved every bit of it. I wouldn't change anything looking back on it. I got to Seton Hall because I, I heard about it while I was looking at schools in high school. One of my teammates, Katie Riley, was on my uh, club team. And I found out she was going to Seton Hall. And I said, hey, let your coach know that I'm looking at others. Uh, I'm looking at schools to dive at in college. And the coach was all about it. So I was looking at a bunch of big schools. But I liked how Seton Hall really, really wanted me to go there and uh, really had good expectations for me moving forward. And that's what, like, made me decide to go there because I just saw myself doing better at a smaller school. Like, I, I didn't want to fly under the radar at one of these bigger schools. And then when, when I was talking to the, the bigger schools, they were like, yeah, we're looking to have you, you know, start competing and doing the competitions, like, around your junior year. But I was like, I wanted to – like, you only get four years in the NCAAs. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to compete all four years. And Seton Hall was basically like – yeah, you can come in, be the top guy, all four <laughs> years, compete. And I was like, deal, that's good enough for me. And I, I liked how much they cared. I like uh, going to a small school because I was always, like, stressed out about, like, being late to class, setting up a schedule for that because it's a lot to think about when you have academics and athletics of balance. So I really credit the, the academic advisors here. They're, like, mm-hmm. such a great help, and they helped me out a lot when I was here. And they just made it as easy as it could for me to do as well as I could. And I was really happy with the, the performance that I did. I mean, freshman year is always hard. And then uh, another neat thing to think about is I was in the old Big East for my right. first two years. Yeah. And then, um, so I think that's like a really cool thing that I was like involved half and half with the old Big East, the transition to the new one. So I seen the old competition, was able to learn like all that I could from them. And I had great su- success in that. And then to just take that into the new Big East and then just, like, leave on top. So, I, like, I felt like I was really comfortable being done when I was for my final meet. What did it look like in that old Big East? Because I don't think we talking about it enough. Like, that's not a a recent change, but still, it's, what, 10 years since that cha- that big change? Because you were 14, 15 was your junior senior year, right? Yeah, so 2013 was the last time we were in the old Big East, and that was at uh, Indianapolis at IUPUI, uh-huh. so that was the last time we were there. <laughs> um, that was my sophomore year. And I did well in that, um, but it was uh, just such an incredibly hard competition. And I remember, like, freshman year I did all right, but then going into the, the Big East, 
I got like completely destroyed on one meter and it was like really humbling but I remember not making it to the finals and just like watching it from the stands and then it was like a really turning point for me like a really learning moment like I was good coming in but I wasn't like a top competitor at this uh, big east level but I remember watching these guys in the finals and I told myself there's there's no reason why I can't be that good mm-hmm. and then I just took that like into my training And then I was able to be right up there with those other guys the following year, sophomore year, and then making the finals with these guys, really learning from them. And then the conference changed, and then I had all that knowledge going in for my final two years. Right. It it seems like you're probably using your experiences you had as a diver, and I bet the the divers that are here now really probably learn a lot from your experiences, I'm trying to say. So you, you understood, like, hey, I didn't make the finals my freshman year, but I knew I could get there. You put in a lot of work, and all the divers are talking with Quinn. Uh, they seem to work very, very hard yeah. with their craft, and that's probably a credit to you setting a really good tone with them. I think you mentioned something good, too, to go back real quick. You said you only have four years like at any sport you have in terms of eligibility, and you want to compete as much as you can. So for you to go to a place where you could be like a, a big contributor right right away is a really smart decision on your, on your part. And then you also just made a, a huge name for yourself because of all the accolades that – you act up where you're here, and we can definitely get into it a little later. So that's really cool to hear your mindset going into college and also uh, just to hear your mindset that you probably would give to, to your divers here. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. So basically some of those accolades, he won one meter, three meter in both 2014 and 2015 at Big East. He owns all the records on one and two meter, um, two meter, one and three meter uh, currently, even though Quinn and Trevor are, are nipping at your <laughs> heels now. They're coming. They're trying. They're right, <laughs> <laughs> they're right behind you. So you've had, and then just this past year, helping Quinn get a win those one and three meter was named 2023 men's dive coach of the year in your first full year in the Big E. So a lot of big accomplishments, both on the diving side and on the coaching side of things. So when you transitioned out of being a student athlete to being a coach what was it like coming back to your alma mater to be able to coach so it's it's pretty serendipitous how it worked out is like I always wanted to get into coaching I just didn't think it would come so early in my career and I was uh, back in Pennsylvania working at the time and I ended up going back and coaching my alma mater high school first Mm -hmm. for four years and I had I had great success with that and I think it was like a really good chance for me to build and grow as a coach like I really appreciate that I was able to coach high school for four years before starting the coach college because it I think it made me a better coach in the long run and then transitioning from high school over into college coaching I felt like it was a, a good experience to have that moving forward at the college level. What's been like the biggest like transition from high school to college coaching? It's probably the difference between coaching more physical compared to more mental. Because mm. uh, like when you start with with coaching high school, like physically they're not like experienced with the with the high level of diving. Whereas when you get to college, like they have all this knowledge already going into it, or they learned it from their club. And it has a lot more to do with mental coaching, you know, knowing when to boost confidence, when to push someone, when to ease off and and how to adapt because everyone learns in different ways. So you try to learn, you know, what's the best way to work with this diver moving forward. What have you learned since being here coaching at Seton Hall in terms of the mental? You just talked about a few of the things right there. Uh, Is there any like one big thing in terms of learning the mental side of diving that you picked up? It's uh, everyone works in different ways. So you kind of have to 
almost do like a reset, start from scratch and see what's the best way that you can make this person feel comfortable, not mm-hmm. only at the practices, but at like the big competition levels. Because sure. like the person that does good is always the person that feels the most comfortable that day. And who and a lot of times it's whoever's having the most fun. So I tell these kids Love like that. you ever realize like the person that's winning the meet is always just like the person that's having the most fun. Yeah. And it just seems like they're hanging out with a group of divers because like the whole diving community as a whole is like one of the most supported like groups in a sport. Like there's no bad blood in diving. Like everyone wants you to do good, but like in their head they just don't want you to do better than them. <laughs> but everyone cheers each other's each other on to do well. Like they don't they don't want to see you miss your dive. Like everyone wants to see you succeed. It's awesome. Yeah, and you see that every day at, at practice. I, I get I've mentioned a bunch getting a lifeguard one of your dive practices a week and seeing all the support within with on deck with everyone there, uh, especially. So being a student athlete, what tips and tricks have you been able to give your now current student athletes as a coach? So I think it helps the most that I went to the same school that I coached at. Sure. And I kinda just take I always encourage like it's okay to have multiple coaches growing up. Because uh, back to, like, the diving community, like, everyone has something positive to say, and you just want to, like, take and keep that, like, in your back pocket from all the other coaches that you meet and just, like, use it in your repertoire of, like, coaching moving forward. So, like, one of the things that, like, I incorporate is when I went here, um, the coach that I had always had me show up 15 minutes early for anything that was ever scheduled. So I always like that because it's something you can learn, like, um, doing your sport, and then you can take it um, – further on in your life outside of the pool and it was just like something good to have so then you feel like you're you're not only coaching like the sport and the development of an athlete but just like life skills in general so it just helps you to be early for everything moving forward mm-hmm. yeah so and i think that helped like ease the stress on a lot of people yeah that that is for sure so i want to bring this up because quinn talked about it in his episode who this is going to be a funny debate right now who swims more yards or moves more yards do you remember yeah, this, I remember this. Yep. Quinn Mays makes the claim that they move more yards in a dive practice than swimmers swim in a yard in a, in a swim practice. So we do more flips. He's saying he, he he claimed that the swimmers do more flips because we're doing all those flip turns, right? And the divers are doing more yards because of swimming from the the, the pool deck, climbing out, walking, walking up the ladder, then jumping off a certain amount of feet and stuff like that. What do you think about that? Uh, that little d- debate that he created with us. I think it's uh, it's a good argument that could get close. And, I mean, then again, it all depends on, like, the person or the set that's written right. for swimming. Like, it could be a shorter set or a longer set. And then I got guys or girls that I coach that just move faster than others. And mm-hmm. some work better that way and some don't. So there's ways where it could be close and there's, there's ways that there could be a gap in between them. A question that would never be answered, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But you'd yeah. have to do like a long-term study. You'd yeah. have between yeah. like <laughs> short practices and longer practices. Maybe the, maybe and the, like yeah. the speed of how someone moves. <laughs> so let's go. In, let's dive in. No pun intended. Dive in. Yeah. Let's talk about the dive program here, um, for you, per, for you specifically. So, what does a week look like here within your dive program? So, what we look at uh, in a weekly. So the biggest thing is. Um, repetitions, I would say. Probably one of the best things coming in to college because a lot of these kids grow up and train at these clubs and almost all these kids coming in, they don't live anywhere near their club. So you only get to the club, you know, when it's most convenient for you. So sometimes it's like over a half hour drive or an hour drive. So you get to the club like as much as you can and you and you do hard work when you can. 
but when you like come into college you're able to get on a better schedule where it's like super consistent with the lifting and the practice so you're just like able to get more reps than ever because you have it right down the road you don't have to worry about mm -hmm. um the travel to get there so the first thing we build is the the consistency of your schedule and then what we want to work on and to just try and not leave anything in the dust too long to to get rusty so it's a lot of like so there's six categories for dives so we usually just do two a day and rotate them with the drills before that and then um everyone works um, differently sometimes others favor others sometimes it's better times to work on certain categories than others yeah talk to us about the dry land you guys do before every dive the, the, the dry land they do the core exercises they do it's intense it's an intense 20 minutes of core talk to us about that a little bit uh core is always good to have so for diving you really want to focus on um i mean all parts of the body but they always stress the core because you want to um kick out tight in the air you need a strong core to keep that body shape tight sure. really strong with the legs really fast twitch muscles to jump as high as you can be as tight as you can and then the impact of the water a lot of that comes down to shoulders so it, it's a lot of shoulders a lot of legs and then a lot of core yeah it's it it's intense so yeah. like they'll do like 20 minutes of like all these crunches and, and via oh um what is it yeah v-ups where they, it's like, Quinn will call V, yeah, they're tough. And, like, they'll do alternating V-ups with both legs up at the same time. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible what they do. And they're, they're, the core, it's it's vital. Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, me knowing very little, little, <laughs> little about diving, it, it, it seems like even just at the position to be totally straight, mm -hmm. insert, like, at the end, I'm guessing when you're diving out, like, mm -hmm. the, the to be in the right posture, like, you need to be strong and you need to be flexible and whatnot. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, 20 minutes of core is, uh, is no joke. <laughs> Respect to you guys. Yeah, it's a really hard and uh, complicated sport because it's a, it's a gymnastic sport. Right. And it uses every part of the body. And uh, every part of the body is seen. And that's what's judged on. So that's why everything has to look good. And it's got to be, like, really tight, straight lines going into the water. Yeah, so when you are looking at recruits, are you looking – for student athletes that maybe had a gymnastic background, because I know, uh, I'm pretty sure Laura was a gymnast at one point. Nikki was a gymnast at one point. I think Sylvia in our episode. So, are you looking for some a little bit of a gymnast background, or are you just looking for more uh, dive experience, or a little bit of both? Uh, the gymnast background always helps, but I think it's good to have a lot of these divers have they do their gymnastics first and then they switch over the diving a lot of times because of like injury or like the stress on the body. So a lot of them start with gymnastics, switch over to diving because of usually pain mm -hmm. or that there's less risk involved. So <clears throat> it is helpful to have the, the gymnastics background, but like the difference between gymnastics and diving is gymnastics. You're training to land on your feet and to land soft mm -hmm. onto the ground. Uh, whereas diving, you're training to land on your head and land tight to break into the water. So you see that sometimes, like when you see, like when you watch some divers going into the pool, you can tell whether they favor gymnastics more because they're trying to like almost catch the water instead of break through it. Interesting. I, I had a question similar for all like the more novice people in terms of diving, and I know Quinn touched upon it a little bit. Uh, the diving scoring, I know it's a little, little off mm -hmm. topic, whatnot. Uh, help us help the the novices like me explain diving score and what goes into it. How what are the judges looking for and whatnot? So um, what the judges are looking for is um, 
the start of the dive, which is the posture of the body, like how they are lined up in a body position. You're looking for straight lines to be straight up and down. Like you take the speed of how they walk into effect, how they're balancing the speed, how high they jump into the hurdle, where they jump into the end of the board, balance on the takeoff, posture on the takeoff. The actual dive in the air is called the flight. So how their flight is, the position of the dive or the shape that they make. So whether it's like a tuck or a pike, how that looks compared to posture and tightness. And then how they hit the water, like the amount of splash that they make or um, their degrees of vertical when they hit the water. But there's like a bunch of stuff that you can take into account when scoring. Like I'll, I'll even take the sound of the board or the sound of the dive oh, into wow, account. Wow, interesting. And it's how out of how many points and... For each dive? So every dive, there's a degree of difficulty scale. Mm -hmm. So if you do more flips and you do more twists, it's higher up on the scale. Sure. Um, but if you do something easier, it's lower on the scale. So you kind of have to play it where the prettier dive is always going to score more. So it's can I make a really hard dive look pretty or do I play it safe Got and it. try mm -hmm. to get a higher score on an easier dive? <clears throat> and then um, depending on how many judges there are, the high and the low is dropped. So it's zero being failed dive and then 10 being excellent. Yeah. I know they call it the perfect 10, but technically you only need a dive only needs to be excellent to deserve a 10. Uh, it doesn't have to be the perfect 10. It could be considered excellent. Awesome. God, that's, uh, that's, that's cool to know. And uh, I know Quinn was talking about a little bit of strategy yeah. in the diving, so it was interesting to kind of get some clarification there. So thank you. Very cool. It's like a, it's like a chess match, yeah. this, as we talked nice. about today, yeah. the strategy of it. So kind of touched on it with the gymnast background, but – what are some of the things that you look for uh, in recruits when recruiting people to come here to dive at Seton Hall? So I, I like to think about how my past when I was coming in here. So I know we talked about Quinn on your podcast where it didn't seem like he had a lot of exposure um, <laughs> yeah. coming into college. And I, I kind of felt the same way. Like it was the same thing for me because the way that Pennsylvania high school sports, uh, they call it the PIAA, what they did was – they split the the state into districts, like it was the Hunger Games or something. <laughs> and uh, my district was District 2, so it was considered a very small district. So they did this so that, like, everywhere in the state is represented for the state championship because Pennsylvania is such a big state. Mm -hmm. So when they did that, for District 2, you had to win the district in order to make it for states. So even though I had a really high score that would get me second or third in, like, let's say a district, uh, whatever district Philadelphia was, I wasn't able to go to states because I lived in District 2, and I just so happened to be going against a kid that was like a prodigy kid um, <laughs> that I lost by like a little bit, but I just didn't think it was a fair way to represent the state, but it was out of my control. So then when I was looking at schools and they ask, oh, how did you do at states? And I have to tell them that I didn't make states my junior and senior year, then they kind of like shied away. And it was like, you couldn't really explain that to the bigger schools, uh -huh. where when I talked to the coach at Seton Hall, he didn't he didn't care about that. He just really appreciated how my work ethic was because I was a kid that would basically raise my own money working jobs and then driving myself after a full day of high school, an hour and 12 minutes to the wow. United States Military Academy just to train for a sport that I loved. Mm. So I kind of see that when I'm talking to some of these kids when I'm recruiting because sometimes you don't have to be the best in the world coming in. You just have to have a good like worth, ec worth ec ethic and the passion for the sport and some of these kids just need to be given that opportunity the right opportunity to to shine yeah that's uh, a really cool story thank uh, you for sharing yes that. thank you for sharing yeah 
That's amazing. And we, we've gotten a couple divers in the upcoming class that are next year's class, a 2024 class that are phenomenal. And I bet you're pretty excited about them. So when you're looking, you kind of just touched on it again now. When you're looking, what would you tell recruits to focus on to try to get to that D1 level of diving? What I tell them to focus on is I usually see, we usually talk about where they train at, what they're looking to do, more essentially like what goals are they looking to set like coming into college. So I always like to tell the recruits coming in to have like a big overall goal, like what's your big main goal coming into college and feel free to make that like as as high as you can as you can make it. Like don't feel afraid to be like I want to make the Olympics because like it's it's okay to have like a far-fetched goal like that because even if you fall short, you're still way up there. Mm-hmm. Like oh I didn't make the Olympics, but I only made the Olympic trials. Like that's still an incredible feat. Right. So like don't Absolutely. don't feel afraid to make those kind of goals like that even if you can't make them. Because diving is all about bouncing back from the discouragement. So there's no cut and dry course towards success. You always need to ask someone for help. And just like life and other sports, it has its ups and downs. The downs would be the discouragement. But how do you learn from that, get better, and move on and make yourself a better person or a better diver moving forward? Amazing. Amazing. So what like what are when, let's for example, we'll use Quinn. If he has a – a, a bad dive and, and what what are some of the things of words of advice that you would give him or any of your divers that may have not had a great dive that are looking to bounce back uh going forward in a meet these meets are such like especially for the divers they're back-to-back dives you have a couple maybe a couple minutes between dives what would you say to them so in a meet what they tell you to do is to just leave that dive in the water like you can't change what just happened right there whether you liked it or you didn't like it that much the judges didn't like it. There's nothing you can do about it, but it's how can I bounce back or make up the other points because I have other dives to do in that list. So you just have to – that's where, like, the mental coaching comes into place where you can't let that beat you up or take you down. You just have to move forward, and how can I pick up these points and have stronger dives moving forward, or how can I stay consistent when I had a bad start? Yeah, amazing, amazing there. So we're going to jump into our last two segments here. Uh, going up so for the first one advice to a pirate so what advice would you give to student current student athletes that you got as a diver here at Seton Hall like what would a coach tell you that you now carry with yourself that you tell your future generation of student athletes here Uh, never be afraid to ask for help Mm. Mm. there's so many people out there that just have so much passion and care for you that there's a lot of people that I met that would just go out of their way to help you if you ever needed it but you wouldn't know unless you had like the bravery to ask them in the first place so it's like always feel okay to ask someone for help when you need it was that like a coach academic advisor uh, yeah whether it's coach academic advisor professor here a friend a family member someone you just met yeah Yeah. awesome amazing so we're going to go into our last segment walk the plank now these are quicker questions but feel free to explain as you as you will so what was your favorite dive that you performed when diving here at seton hall so it's a dive called the full out uh so it's a front two and a half somersaults with a full twist so it's a, a really cool looking dive and it's hard and it was like one of my first minor goals um coming in because i didn't have that coming into college and i remember being here and it was like i want to learn a full out uh-huh. uh, a couple months down the line so you do double front flip pike 
and then you kick out of the pike and you do a full 360 twist and then you bend at the waist and then you dive into the water head first and wow. it was um the dive that i liked the most because it's a good strong dive it has flips it has twists it was a good way to enter the water for me so a lot of times i would lead that in my dive list because most uh most of the divers at this level will just start with a front two and a half pike but then i would just throw the twist in uh -huh. so <laughs> so what i would try to do is i try not? to gain uh, yeah so it's like oh yeah i can do that with a twist <laughs> and so i would try to gain a big lead at first and then make everyone else chase me so i always thought that was a good nice. strategy yeah. it's like come out guns blazing grab the lead and they're like oh man i should have started with that and then it's like it's too late <laughs> they're already down in points kind of intimidated them like hey see what i got right here kind yeah. of catch like, me i just yeah. did what you did but harder yeah. <laughs> and that, that's where that chess match match comes into play right. really quick so where was the hardest place that you had a dive at uh, during your college career? We talked to Quinn, and Quinn was like, hands down, Ryder was the hardest place mm -hmm. I, he dove. What was the hardest place you dove? Can I say Providence? Sure. Oh, yeah. we've, never, we've, never, <laughs> we've never been up to Providence. Probably because it's not the right length of measurement for a pool. And there's only one meter. <laughs> of course, it's not, not the right. So that's probably why we don't go there anymore. What? What? What was it like? Tw too short or too long? I think it's in meters. So I think like. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was a like meters pool or something like that. Is that like a critical error, like for all? Well, all the times we have like an asterisk on them. Because yeah. it's like not the the correct. Oh, it's like, not a distance. So like yeah. prior to I think yards, everything in the U.S. is meters, like in the sense like pool wise. Because there's a lot of, like, older pools that are 25-meter pools. Yeah, so I'm pretty um, sure it was 20, 25 meters for swimming. Yeah. Something like that. I know that was off, and that was, like, bothering everyone. And then for me, I just thought it was funny to go there because they only had one meter. So, like, you're only doing half a competition. Right. But what made it the hardest was – this was my freshman year when we went. I had um, pink eye, so I couldn't wear my contacts. <laughs> so I was like – I almost no. had to dive to meet blind. <laughs> you couldn't see. Oh no! Well, I guess that shows you how well you know your dives if you're if you're doing. Yeah, I thought it was a good test. But <laughs> <laughs> you're going on the diving board, you can't really see. Like, yeah, oh, it was really blurry seeing in the end of the board, and I was like, "Well, I did this long enough to where <laughs> yeah. so wow. just muscle memory can that's, save me at that point." That, that's that's almost worse. I, I've heard the story with Michael Phelps getting the goggles. The goggle filled, filled in. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's uh, funny. You have a step on Michael Phelps there. It's not mm -hmm. not bad. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. I would probably pick that. Because a lot of people, when you ask that question, it, it comes to, like, the spotting of the pool, whether the lights are too low, I can't see anything while I'm diving, or I'm outdoors. But I'd probably say that because I couldn't use, like, my contacts when I was diving. Yeah. yeah that's so there. where did you have your worst smack? Um, was it here? Was it at a wave pool right before meet? Was it at a meet? I'll say here at the home pool during a practice. Oh, boy. Back, um, stomach? Uh, my stomach and my head. No. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I, and I was like doing something stupid. My coach <laughs> didn't ask me to do it, and I was just I wanted to see if I could get um, a really hard dive around by double bouncing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like not doing a traditional approach, just jumping as high as you can and kind of just chucking this dive. And so I was doing um, my favorite dive that I talked about, but I was going to add another twist. So two and a half somersaults, two twists. So seven twenty, two and a half. And I just came out at one somersault, and I thought I had it. I thought I was going to nail it. So, like, you're really tight, and you think you're going to hit the water, like, perfect entry, and you just bend into the flat part of the water, and that was just, oh. like, a complete flop. Oh, no. And then I had to take, like, a couple laps to recover. <laughs> a couple laps. Of, oh, boy, that one hurts. 
So, did you have any superstitions before every dive, and if so, what were they? Oh, I'm sure I did, and they would change. Um, they would change a lot, um, whether it was the music playlist, whether it be where I stand, what you say in your head before you go to dive, what you have to think about. And if something worked, you kept it for as long as you could until you messed up and then you changed it to something else. I felt like I did that <laughs> with fair. a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, why not? I think it's funny to do that kind of thing. Uh, what was your favorite music genre to listen to when uh, at dive practice? Uh, it went all over the place. It, 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 it'll just change on the day or like if I'm bored with something. Uh, but it could go anywhere from like heavy metal to like EDM to like hip hop to like folk punk. Just whatever I was feeling. It'd be all over the place. Interesting. Um, what was the best piece of advice you got uh, before you started your coaching career? Probably the best piece of advice is just, you know, when it all comes down to it, make sure that the kids are just having fun. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, don't forget, like, why you got into it in the first place. is like you enjoy the sport because it's the funnest thing that you do. Right. Uh, who was your biggest role model as you started coaching? <clears throat> My biggest um, – Role model, I'd probably say a combination of all my previous coaches. Mm. Like, they all helped me out in different ways. So my high school coach, my private lesson coach, my club coaches, and then uh, my coaches at Seton Hall were always, like, big role models um, for me. And I'll still go back and talk to them every now and then. And um, like I said before, like, everyone has different advice on stuff, and it's, like, what you learn from others and what you keep, and then you, you try to share that with others moving forward when you're coaching people. Amazing. And then last one for me. Describe your coaching style in one word. That got me off guard. Let me think. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. No worries. I only get one word? One word. It could be a couple words stringed together, too. Uh, Guts, grace, glory. Oh, Oh, I like it. I like that. I like why guts, grace, and glory. You need the, the guts to overcome the fear, to get up on the board, get out of your comfort zone, to do the dive. The dive has to be graceful for it to compete well, to score well, in order to achieve the glory of victory. That might be the best wow. answer we've gotten. Amazing! For that. It, it was three words, well, but it one phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes. It all yeah. goes in one word. Yes. We can space all, them the tri- all together. Tri- triple G. Tri- tri- uh, triple G. There triple we go. G. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, that's all from me. That's all. And anything else to add before we wrap up here? Back when we were asking about like other things to look at moving forward um, with college and, and setting goals and all that. Yeah, sure. uh, like we said before, like life is short. The NCAA only gives you four years. So like, why mm-hmm. not like mm. give it your best every single day? Like every practice counts. Like why not work as hard as you can? Because like I can't go back in time and get more years out of the NCAA. Um, but everything I do moving forward, like can be changed. So like, it's a short time period. It goes faster than you think. So, I mean, why not work as hard as you can? There's so many, like, divers or coaches that I met that would always look back on it and be like, man, I wish I worked harder that day or I wish I got this dive off because, like, I'll never be able to do it now. And that's probably, like, one of the hardest swills, the hardest pills to swallow, like, in your last competition. It's like, I'm pretty sure after this is done, I'll never be this good again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how did I make it as an athlete to that point? That's really sound advice right there. Yeah. Really, really good. And I think for all student athletes, they're going to really appreciate listening to you. No, divers divers, and other athletes mm-hmm. alike. Cause I think that advice you just gave right there and throughout the episode applies to everyone. So thank you so much for coming on today, taking the time out of your busy schedule. And uh, it does it from us. Yeah, that's it from us. So that wraps up another 
episode here of our coaching carousel. Thank you, uh, Coach Ben Mitchell, for taking some time out of your day to come upstairs and uh, meet with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me.